0: James here with you hope you're having a wonderful night back here at Sacred Heart College with two brand new announcers Lauren one of our vintage awesome not vintage but you know sort of like she's been she's experienced she's going to be joining us a little bit later on but Michaela and Kai join us for the first time how are you going guys Hey, good thanks, James? great to have you on now we're going to be chatting about a whole bunch of things today one of which is the uh, uh, immersion experiences that the school does here at Sacred Heart just for people who don't know what to immersion experiences are in this regard. Can you quickly explain, Michaela, what they are?
1: Yeah, totally. So Sacred Heart every year send 30 year 11 students over to four different countries. So they send 10 to Fiji, send to, 10 to the Philippines, and 10 to India, Sri Lanka. And we try and raise about $10,000 for each country. We go over and we spend three weeks there in the communities living with the Maris brothers.
0: And we were talking a little bit before about why um, It's important that you guys actually go over there as opposed to just literally kind of going, like, we've raised the money, we are going to send the money over in order for you guys to do good work. You guys going over, there's a reason and a purpose for that. And uh, we'll be talking about that in just a second. Uh, Kai, as well, we were talking about uh, music and in general music formats. And this is going to sound very boring until we break into it. But cassettes are back. Yeah. They're back in a major way. Yeah. Uh,
2: lots of physical forms of music, including cassettes, are actually making a big comeback.
0: Now, we'll be talking all about that in a moment. Well, before we get into the whole thing around the immersion, uh, Michaela, a big passion of yours is human rights, social justice. Uh, it's a big part of you know a lot of people's lives, and quite rightly so. We're living in a world at the moment that's you know quite depleted. Um, we're seeing a bit of a slide back in some areas to people saying that human rights is not as important as we previously kind of have thought. Uh, when did you first become kind of aware in yourself that human rights and social justice was a really big issue?
1: Um, I think it was probably around the middle school experience. I think that's a lot of the time that people become sort of awakened as sort of a more young adult uh, mm. version of yourself. And it's around the same time that I also... Um, Came out as an LGBT person, and it was really the first time that I started to experience that kind of, uh, you know, and it, that kind of experience, and it just rolled on from there, and it's become one of the biggest passions that I have.
0: And the uh, immersion experience that's run through the school is is a way that, um, I guess, Sacred Heart kind of interacts with what that means in a global context. You've got a trip coming up as well. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. So the trip is coming up in about four weeks almost to the day now. So it's getting pretty close. But in the leading months that we've been doing coming up to this trip, they really uh, try to express to us that um, it's not what we could do is we could raise that 30 grand and we can send it over and then we can sit back and enjoy our summer holidays but it's not just about that it's about getting out there and it's about experiencing that for ourselves and really getting amongst the communities and understanding what it's about and not just being westernized culture who's sending out our charity
0: because i guess you're not really getting a sense when you give to charity although you're actually doing like it's really good work and it really does help and make a difference there's no real kind of transformative thing that's actually happening in the broader in the broader world we're not really getting a sense of that have you ever done anything like this before
1: i have actually just recently uh the school does another um program which is uh it's called rhema and uh we got the chance to go over and spend a week in port augusta which was amazing and we got to spend a lot of time with uh, aboriginal communities over there and uh so it's actually an extremely similar um experience only that it's actually issues that are happening in our backyard which was just so eye-opening
0: yeah if there was any one sort of moment that kind of jumped out at you while you were there um what would that be?
1: Oh, there was this one time we went and spent some time in a primary school there, Carlton Primary School, and uh, we were in this reception classroom and uh, these kids were coming over and reading us some of their books, their favourite books, and we didn't think anything of it until afterwards one of the uh, teachers came up and said, those kids do not read to anyone, they don't like to talk to anyone, they don't interact with people. I've never seen that before in my entire career, and we were just completely blown away because we didn't think twice of it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's it's, it's second nature here.
0: Kai, you were recently uh, over in In Fiji, was it recently, or was it a little Uh, bit? It was
2: about five or six years ago. Okay, so
0: not that recently. But you had an opportunity to kind of uh, have a sort of immersion experience over in Fiji as well, doing similar things. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So when I went to Fiji with my family, one day we took a trip over to a small village uh, on a river near Fiji. In Fiji, sorry, and um, we got the chance to get introduced to that community. We got the chance to interact with them, see how they lived. And one of the things that actually I remember very vividly of that day was uh, obviously we had Fijian money, and there was this little boy. I'd say he was about three or four years old, and he was selling – some like basically souvenirs fijian souvenirs with his mother and you know he was he was going you know come and buy, yeah he was dancing around and getting people's attention we thought he was a you know cute little boy sort of thing and we gave him a two dollar fijian note and he looked at it in amazement and he was so happy with himself he was waving it around going look at me i've got this and then he he ran off to his friends and he was showing them it and we were saying you know that That's $2, you know, to us, you know, somebody gave us two bucks we'd be like, oh, you know, thanks. But he was – it made his day and it made our day knowing that we'd given someone that joy from something so simple and it made us feel good about ourselves and it made us feel – Grateful for what we have, you know.
0: And when you go over, uh, Michaela, you're staying with the Marists over there in uh, India. What do you know about them over there?
1: Um, not too much. They don't like to give too much away. They like to shock us a little bit. But from, from, <laughs> they do. They like they like to really throw us in the deep end with it. I think. Um, like
0: culturally, you mean? So, oh, culturally,
1: yeah. yes, of course. And uh, so, but from what we do know, there's Marist Brothers, and they live. Um, Together in their in their communities and they live amongst the the poorer um, communities and what we would sort of call slums and that kind of thing and uh, we get the chance to go over and we stay with them um, and we work can directly with them and they you know send us through the communities and stuff like that so they uh, station there permanently.
0: I hope it's really amazing and yeah, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have a chance to catch up after. Yeah, and tell all about that'd be great. Lauren joins us.
1: Hi James, an old
0: friend of
3: ours. Oh, I'm back to annoy you again. <laughs>
0: I love to be annoyed. So that works out.
3: Yeah, cool. That's what I'm here for.
0: So we were just having big topics about human rights and this immersion experience, that Sacred Heart Mm -hmm. are doing over in India, helping those people over there. It sounds really wonderful. So, of course, we hit the next big issue, which is, of course, ice cream.
3: So I work at a gelato place and I get asked all the time, is this just ice cream? No, it's not. It's gelato, actually. Um, so people so, come in
0: and buy things from you, and they say, "Is this just ice cream?" Yeah, and that happens. I'm that's like a thing.
3: scooping it for them, and they're like, "So is this just ice cream?" And it's like, "No, no, it's it's gelato." It says it on in the name.
0: Okay, and what yeah. is the difference between gelati and um, uh, ice cream?
3: So ice cream is made with cream, believe it or not, um, and <laughs> gelato is made with milk, unless you're talking about sorbets, and they're made with water. But that's politics. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Honestly, I think I'd be preferring politics at the moment if that's what it was all about. We'd like to pass a motion that back is water.
3: It's just, it's it's very complicated stuff, you know, but um, working at this gelato shop has really turned me into a bit of a gelato and ice cream snob. You know, like I can't go to to the other places without being. And when
0: you're talking about other places, you're not you're not talking about like really bad quality places either. You're talking like you're at Glenelg, yeah, and Glenelg literally is a hotspot of ice cream and gelati activity.
3: Oh yeah, you've got like the you know pick of everything, anything yes. you want. You know, uh, there's. Copenhagen's there's Andersons you know there's plenty of us around um, And
0: I would argue they're all really nice.
3: Yeah, I mean they're not they're not bad, you know. Like I'll <laughs> I'll give them that.
0: I think you're not so much an ice cream or gelati snob. You're like a gelatissimo snob. Yeah, probably. that's it.
3: I worked there for too long now they've brainwashed me, you know.
0: But is it to a case where you work there so long and I guess you get to try all the different ones and yeah, stuff that's and, part and it, of the your job. palate then becomes kind of yeah, well refined to it. So, what do you taste when you're tasting gelati and you're tasting it, going right? This is really the best there is. What are you tasting in that that makes it superior to other less gelatissimo brands?
1: It's probably. I they're mean, are a lot gel- richer, aren't they? Is that the difference? Just in flavour wise, they're richer, aren't they? They're yeah. More intense. Sometimes
3: the the gelato can be can be more intense, and we've generally. Got thirty-two flavors.
0: That's quite a lot. Shameless. Plug
3: yeah, that was. that's just that, and that shows that those are just the ones that we put out. We've got more in the back. You know, they're just <laughs> they're
0: just the back So, stuff. so you could literally go into an ice cream place and say, "Do you have any more in the back?" And there's like under the counter.
3: Yeah, like, we have freezers out the back. Like, people will come in and it's like, "Um, do you have any more boysenberry swirl? And I'll be like, just let me go check the freezers. And then I'll pull out, like, half a tray of it that, you know, just didn't make it out. So,
0: there you go. That's a bit of an inside bit of goss. Because generally, if you ask anywhere, anywhere, like, anywhere... Mm. Sorry, I get a bit passionate about this because this happened just the other day. Because, you know, you go somewhere and you kind of go, "Ah, oh, do you have any more X, Y, Z? Like you go to a supermarket or you go to any any place, shoe shop, another classic example, and you kind of go, "Ah, oh, do you have these in a size 10 or whatever? And they go... Uh, I'll just go and check in the back. And when did I ever come out and go, you'll never guess what? Yeah, they always had stand 15 out the back pairs of minutes. sized heads in the back. Yeah. Exactly like, what is that room? What that's is that room where they walk into it in there? It's, it's just like an
1: empty room. They're walking out, going, hmm, yeah, no, no. They just do a little circle and they come back out. It's like yeah. the
0: new TARDIS, you know, you walk in and it's this whole kind of like weird steampunk expanse. Have you yeah. seen the new TARDIS in the new no, Doctor Who? I haven't. No, I haven't it's either. pretty weird.
1: No, yeah, it's
0: very that. different.
1: Right. They've
0: totally done it out. Anyway, cool. I digress. I just saw the second episode last night where they find the title. Tar- oh, no. Damn, spoilers. For you, um, Michaela, and seriously, you're in a safe place. Uh, it's okay. Lauren won't judge you. But, I mean, where do you see your preference in terms of, of ice cream flavours, brands, etc.
1: Look- I've got to be honest. If you're down at the bay and it's a hot day, it's got to be gelatissimo. It's got to be correct answer. It is absolutely my favourite spot.
3: <laughs> yeah, is she it really? came down and visited me the other day actually and got yeah, gelato. It, it
0: was it was good. I don't think really I've busy. ever had it.
3: Seriously? No, Seriously?
0: I've never. But you've inspired me now. You to You should do come that.
3: down. I'm not allowed to give you my discount, but you should just go anyway. That's okay. I wasn't <laughs> expecting
0: it. <laughs> now I am. Oh, okay. but
3: <laughs> <laughs> Damn it.
0: I go down to to Brighton quite a bit. Brighton's closer to where I live.
3: Yeah, well, Brighton Uh, doesn't have gelatism. Yes, I know. But they've got Copenhagen. They've
0: got Copenhagen. And I was down there. Like, I was down there the other night thinking, uh, I'll go to um, um, Royal Copenhagen. I'll get some ice cream. Wondering if it'll even be open. Because it was, like, later on a weeknight. And I go down there. And it's not only open. There is a line going down the street. Oh,
1: yeah. You can Mm. wait a while in those lines. um,
3: We sometimes, on, like, you know, a hot, like, Saturday, don't close till midnight. And then we, and then we have to like once we've
1: closed the doors have to clean everything.
3: Like, wow. You know, yeah, it was just
1: just the other day when we had the Labor Day public holiday, and I was thinking, uh, spending the day with my mum, what are we going to do? And we went down the bay, and uh, Jelladissimo opened at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, nine o'clock in the morning? On for a, ice perfect, cream? For public holiday, on, for ice cream. Yeah, at, I worked. What time, well, are, you having, ge- what yeah. time Japan, are you having James? breakfast?
0: Okay, yeah, I know what it is, <laughs> but I'm just, the point that I'm making is, what time are you having breakfast <laughs> on a public holiday where you're eating chiladi at nine o'clock in the morning? I think
1: the only acceptable <laughs> answer to that is that the Breakfast is gelati. <laughs> ah, yes. And there's absolutely Ting. nothing wrong with that. That's true.
0: Kyrie joins us. Welcome back, Ky. There you go. I'm very well. Um, Lauren, uh, Kai, and I, we were having a, just a little chat a second ago off air about uh, music. You guys are real passionate music creators and music fans and music listeners, we were talking a little bit, just like we were talking with um, uh, Julia and Sarah last show, all about the way in which music is consumed these days. Because we're yeah. in such a weird Space of flux and change at the moment um, in in how this is done because music essentially has no monetary value in terms of recorded music really anymore because everything sort of moved Mm. from you needed to buy CDs and physical forms of music previously and now, um, uh, you know, it's gone into digital so you can literally stream and listen to anything that you like free of charge really for want of a better term. But now the formats are moving back into something more physical i mean vinyls really exploded kai and that's a really yeah. big thing are you a big vinyl collector oh, yeah i love vinyl how many albums do you have in vinyl? um
2: off the top of my head i think about 15 20 vinyl okay albums. um i've only just been collecting vinyls for the past year um what's the appeal
0: for you on vinyl
2: I just love the aesthetic of it, you know, seeing it spin round and, you know, you got the clear covers that you have on the record yeah. players and it's just very relaxing and you get – I feel like you get the connection with the artist more, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I feel very nerdy sort of thing, but the audio is better. I can tell yeah. the difference between it a CD and a vinyl. Different. Yeah,
0: I think it sounds different. 100%. It definitely sounds different.
2: I, I just think it's a really fun way to listen to music. It's really – good to see as well it's a visually pleasing thing as well and then you can get like colored vinyls Mm. that make it pop as well it's just a really relaxing form of music i reckon Mm. because i'll sit down in my bedroom i'll stick a vinyl record on and i'll just chill out it's just a really relaxing time for me
0: Yeah, and I think that it's a different kind of listening experience as well because I was actually listening with a group of people to uh, Dark Side of the Moon the other day. Um, Yes. And we sort of started listening to it and you could see that the younger people in the group were kind of a little bit confused by it as a as an idea, people who were like uh, born and raised on pop radio, you know, that, that sort of experience. And everything is all about that three or four minute song, which is great, but it's completely different kind of experience to listening to kind of like old Pink Floyd records or old Genesis records or things like that. It's a completely different thing where conceptually it all holds together and, you. You know a song has a sort of a lot of soundscapey bits and then that's kind of reflected later in a in an extra song so the whole uh experience of how you listen to it is really reflected in the medium so like a you can't exactly lug a record player under your arm with headphones plugged yeah, into the yeah. jack well i guess, theoretically you could if you had enough batteries i don't know about how that would work but like it would upset the record though would jump yeah, and stuff jump you know and skip around. so the way in which you have to listen to it is you do you have to stop and you have to sit you have to like take it all kind of in so you're saying it's as much about that kind of way of listening to it as mm. it is about just the aesthetics and, and all that sort of stuff yeah it's yeah it's pretty much that really Uh,
2: there's nothing really I could have added to that
0: (laughs) you've summed it up oh thank you very much okay so vinyl records I get it right they sound great they're wonderful it's a different listening experience cassettes coming back that I don't get I really don't other than it's a really great kind of cultural throwback everything about them um, is really kind of inefficient and um, so flimsy and you know Lauren, what do you think about cassettes coming back?
3: Um, I probably think that's got a lot to do with the aesthetic thing as well, actually. You right. know, that's just another part of it. Like, wouldn't it be nice to have, you know, like the matching vinyl and cassette and CD, but you only listen to it on the iTunes download <laughs>
0: on your phone? Like, <laughs> exactly. Because you get the digital you know, download with it when you buy it. Yeah, don't yeah you? a lot yeah, of yeah, those yeah. things,
3: you can buy them in bundles and you buy the CD, but you get the digital download with it and, you yeah. know, but... I think it's sort of, it's got a lot to do with that, but maybe almost, I mean, I'm not exactly sure, but I imagine cassettes would be a little bit cheaper. Oh, yeah. So, it's for those sort of people that want to collect those, you know, cool vintage physical copies of music, but they can't afford a $50 vinyl. So, you know, you just buy the little cassette tapes instead.
0: Down here at Sacred Heart today having a wonderful recording session with these wonderful announcers, Lauren, Michaela and Kai, and also production support from Michaela and Brody. So thank you very much to those guys for all they've done today. Just want to play you a bit of an interview I did earlier this week with Jane Short. Jane is the School and Community Engagement Officer with St Vincent de Paul and uh, is a wonderful friend of ArchD and Catholic Office for Youth, does some great work with schools and the general community. She popped in to the office and we had a chance to catch up a bit about what she's up to and what's going on at the moment. you Yeah, great, awesome. Before we kind of get into kind of what you're doing and what you do specifically, I think people think about Saint Vincent de Paul as I guess I did for years, which is that it's about the shops mm-hmm. and you go to the shops and you get some great bargains and it's really and you know that it's going towards a great cause. Uh, but the work that's only just a small part of the work that you do. It goes so much deeper and so much bigger. Can you give us a bit of a breakdown on on kind of like a bird's eye view of what Saint Vincent de Paul is and what it does?
4: Yeah. So in South Australia specifically, we are focusing really on food, clothing and shelter. So we are working with people in the community who are experiencing poverty, for whatever reason that might be. Um, probably to give you some perspective, in South Australia in 2017, we assisted over 137,000 people and we gave out um, over $2.6 million worth of assistance. Wow. Yeah, So, and that assistance is predominantly given through our uh, helpline. So we have a 1300 number that people that are in need call and we go to them wherever they are. So we have 61 generally parish based conferences. So a conference is a group of um, Vinnie's volunteers and they will actually respond to that need um, in people's homes. So you call the helpline, you book an appointment we let the local team know and they will go and visit in pairs to give that assistance
0: your job title is schools and community engagement officer it's a pretty broad title which can usually mean a very broad amount of work that needs to be done can you give us a bit of a breakdown on what your actual role within the organization is
4: so the focus really for my role is educate young people about the work that we do and in in that education is really about engaging them So, so getting young people to I guess join us on our journey with people in the community who are experiencing poverty. So this morning for example I had a group of teachers from a Catholic school who had a pupil free day today Mm -hmm. and they're doing a staff service day and a group of their teachers came to our men's crisis centre and cooked a barbecue lunch for our homeless men who were living there they also had a group of staff who went to our women's crisis centre which is predominantly for women and children fleeing domestic violence Um, and they did some pamper sessions for the women there um, nail polishes and hand massages Mm -hmm. and manicures and things like that so it's as varied as that it also touches on schools collecting cans of food or collecting items like clothing drives or doing fundraising for Vinnies but it's really about linking in with that curriculum linking in particularly with the religious education curriculum and getting young people to understand that when we bring a can of food Who needs it? Why are we bringing it? Where's it going? What are Vinny's gonna do with it? What's the story behind um, that can and and why?
0: So in your role, is it as much about, I'm gonna say this terribly, so I apologize in advance, but is it really about the way in which you are connecting the community to the work of St. Vincent de Paul? Or is it uh, really just about having, you know, hands and feet, boots on the ground, or is it both? Is is it about all sorts of things?
4: It is both. It really is about young people developing a greater understanding of poverty, mm. um, of social justice, of how an organisation like Vinnie's addresses those needs yeah. and what our presence is in the community, what our responsibility is in the community to help the people in our in our world that are disadvantaged that are living on the fringes that are you know hungry or homeless or missing out on some of the things that we take for granted like food clothing and shelter
0: and i think that i mean your role then it's it's really so pivotal because you know you you did use the word fringe and that does describe where people who do sit outside the mainstream are but the more young people especially become aware the next generation of people become aware that we are really all in this together the less likely we're going to find that i mean you you talk to young people now and they're talking in this most principled i guess Um, egalitarian is a terribly long word way of describing the kind of world that they want to see and I think that's a big part of the way in which people like you are doing this work moving forward.
4: And we live in a world that's very um, about consumerism and yeah. greed and, you know, we've got to get ahead and we've got to get ahead for the sake of the, of the little man who's not going to get ahead. So those messages of, of being able to help and that social justice that everybody actually has the right to the same things in their life is really important. And young people are really aware of that um, and they want to help.
0: So if uh, someone's listening, they're a teacher, they work in a school or they're a student in a school or something like that, what I might do, if it's okay, is um, if I put your contact details up on our Facebook, um, if you just go to Facebook, look for HD Radio, you'll find it there. Jane, uh, all her contact details are there. If you wanna get your school involved or your class involved in something like this, it sounds amazing. So uh, that sounds okay?
4: That sounds perfect. <laughs> no, we run anything past me. I love hearing other people's ideas. I love coming up with ways to incorporate people's ideas um, so please contact me I'd love to hear from anybody out there.
0: All right, well thank you so much for all the work you do Jane and the work of St Vincent de Paul in general and uh, yeah well please come back again on HD whenever you get a chance.
4: I would love to thank you bye
0: that's about it for us uh been a fantastic show down here at sacred heart big thanks to kai Michaela and lauren for being here announcing on the show today you can hear us here on 107.9 life every wednesday night from nine every saturday night from 10 stay tuned to 107.9 life for more of your music and please subscribe to our podcast uh, if you haven't already and all of our social media facebook instagram the rest we are actually radio wherever we are so jump on and uh, see lots of photos Let's bits and pieces and stuff like that as well um we will see you again in a few days bye